what actions they could take to to step outside their comfort zone and and really like step into the best self that they could so to really show their potential i would definitely encourage them to write down whatever situation they are going through. Hola, I'm Jesenia Bocanegra, and I'm a photographer turned marketing strategist who took a leap of faith and moved 3,000 miles away from home with one camera and one heavy suitcase filled with dreams. In this show, I share a variety of tips, tactics, and candid conversations to help you grow and up-level your business with purpose and joy, one action item at a time. So get comfortable and let's get started. This is the Focus and Bloom Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. I'm your host, Jesenia. And in this podcast, we share a variety of tips and tactics to help you grow and up-level your business one action item at a time. Joining me today is life coach, motivational speaker, and author of Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, Genesis Amaris Camp. Genesis, bienvenida. Welcome to the Focus and Bloom podcast. How are you? I am doing well, Yesenia. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm excited too that we were able to connect and I was looking through your website and learning about a little bit more about what you do, but can you go ahead, instead of me, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit of what you do um, and how you got started? What, what led you to what you're doing now? Sure. So um, prior to what I'm doing now, I spent 12 years in the oil and gas and energy sector here where I've had various roles. I'm currently based in the Houston, Texas area. Then um, outside of those 12 years, I spent 15 years in corporate America as a whole. So that's a little over a decade and some and, you know, just building someone else's dream and empire. And it wasn't until I realized um, that sometimes, you know, you're not really valid to an employer. You're just maybe that token or that placeholder to really just check the box. And it really hit me whenever I went through a layoff recently. And it came at the unprecedented time of losing my father in November of 2020. So one week from that was December. And I found out that I was going to be you know, jobless, but yay, you get a severance package and, you know, your vacation time and etc. But, you know, still your quality of life is changing, especially if you are dual careers, meaning that me and my husband both work. So you're going from two salaries to one salary. And for anyone that's ever been involved in the oil and gas and energy sector, you know that you're compensated very well and you have really nice benefits. So I was like, what is my life going to look like? And then I quickly began to assess what I was going to do. So I knew I was already in a emotional taxing space because I just lost my father. So I took some time off and then it led me to just jumping into podcasting. And the reason why I started podcasting and created my own show, which is called Gems Podcast, is because I got so tired of hearing people tell me, Oh, well, you know, the Lord give it and the Lord take it away or I, Miha, or whatever they would say, like whether it was my South American side of the family, like, you know, he's in a better place or people would say, I know how you feel. And just the different cliches, things that people say when you lose someone, but I'm like, you really don't know how I feel because both of your parents are still living. So you can't possibly know how, how I feel to have lost a dad and then you know, have to take time away to find out how to plan your own father's funeral and et cetera. Then from there, um, 
some people who knew me within the oil and gas space saw the work that I was doing in the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging space. And one one of those ladies reached out to me and she was looking for a coach, someone to kind of help her navigate the higher education field because she wanted to really make an impact in higher education, not just for students that were non-melanated, but she was a white woman trying to help students that look like me find their rightful place. And she um, reached out to me and that is what jump-started the coaching. And I call myself a visionary life coach because without a vision, people perish due to a lack of knowledge. And that's why people have vision boards, they have dream boards and et cetera. So they could hold themselves accountable and they could look towards the future and really be the main person who is guiding them. And, or I'll like to say, move out of the passenger seat and get in the driver's seat because the driver is the one that's going to get you to your destination safely, not the passenger. The passenger is just there for company and for the ride. So that's a little bit about my story, but if you want to know more, feel free to probe. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. Definitely a lot of things happening on top of that, at a pandemic to all of that situation. And and, and I mean, these past two years has been Interesting to say the least. Um, so, what? Tell me, tell me a little bit more about you. What you were doing in the diversity in in the diversity landscape? So, within that landscape, I really started to share my narrative and my story of how, number one, how I climbed the corporate ladder, especially being a minority. And I'm going to break it down in two points. I worked in a male-dominated field, so I was a minority because I was a woman. And then once you add on the color part there, I was a woman of color working in a male-dominated field, such as oil and gas. And then you add on another layer. I'm first-generation American, so my dad was South American and my mom is Caribbean. So that's another thing because either the people that look like you feel like, oh, you talk white or you sound white, or people are like, you're not really American or "You're you're not one of us or whatever the case may be. So there's different forms of things that played a factor. And I was like, why can't we just assimilate and all come together? Because no matter how you look at it, each one of us has something valuable to bring to the table. And in order to push the needle forward, we need to link arms with each other. So what does the diversity look like? The diversity is bringing together a group of people from different backgrounds, different race, different nationalities, that have various viewpoints. They have diverse thoughts. They have diverse leadership capabilities and their skill set is diverse. Inclusivity is when we include all of those individuals in a setting and equity is making sure that setting is fair for male and female and people of different races. And then the belonging is making them feel like they're seen, but they're also heard, making them feel like they can have a rightful place within the space and they are grounded. They don't feel like, oh, you just hired me because I'm Hispanic or you hired me because I'm black because you needed to to show your box. Yes, exactly. And I feel like by me sharing my stories and encouraging others to do so, whether we're getting together with the ERG, which is an employee resource groups, whether we're partnering with allies, so people who are opposite from you, but they believe in the mission, or whether it's just going on different platforms, um, podcasts, I've been on over 440 podcasts um, talking about my journey, 
And then I've also been featured in a few magazines now. And I think that's incredible because if I didn't have the courage to really just stand up and openly and talk about it, we wouldn't have, you know, these conversations today or people wouldn't feel encouraged to share their story. Absolutely. Courage is that that's the key word because we won't, we won't, a lot of people who might look, who, who have a completely different upbringing, completely different cultural background, they may not know because they may not know some things and it's up to us to tell our story, share it so that people can, so that we can start seeing how we have a lot of things in common and how we can still working together. Like you said, linking arms, we can really move forward into whatever it is that we, we need to do in, in whether it's independently as a, as a, but also as a cultural group, but in general in society, I think that's courage of telling your story. That's pretty big. And, and, and we need to feel comfortable. We need to feel empowered to do so, to do that. Absolutely. And I guess another driving factor to standing up for me is my nieces and nephews because they are mixed races. My sister's kids are half white. My brother's kids are half Indian. And then my older brother, his daughter is truly African-American. Her mother is from Cameroon. And then uh, you add in some more flavors uh, to the mix. My husband's stepmom is from Guadalajara, Mexico. So you add in the Mexican side with the Latinas and it's like, oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a little bit of everything within my family. And oh my gosh, it's, I tell people it's like the United Nations over here. <laughs> Oh, but I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm from Puerto Rico. Uh, my dad was born in New York. My, my dad was born in, in New York and raised in the States. And I was born and bred in Puerto Rico. Um, my husband is American. So I, I, it's not that huge of a cultural background as yours. <laughs> but it's still, it's, I, it's very cool when you get to, to mix all this like rich culture all together and just make something your own, like making your own story, your own. Oh, it's so cool. I love that. <laughs> yes. And I would love it's to go beautiful. to Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I mean, now that I'm, t I'm like, now that I'm biased, I mean, yes, I am. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but you know when you that's one of the things that I love about when when I travel is just being exposed to so many cultures and and just like it it's like so enriching in so many ways okay so you you've had you were mo going through this really tough personal time and and then you were at after after that personal but also then professional and you're at this like fork in, the, in your life where what do I need to do what what am I doing um what should I do um, what within all of that, so what was, so one of the things that you talk about is like navigating careers and taking ownership. So what does like taking ownership look like? And, and what was that aha moment that you had that you realized that you have, there's something deeper that within you that you need to put out there? Oh, great question. So I was at that fork in the road or like that intersection where you're like, should I go left or should I go right? And what helped me was mind mapping and writing things down. So a mind mapping exercise I did was just grabbing a blank piece of paper. And I do have my note <laughs> notebook here because I write everything in this book when it comes to mind mapping. Like I'll have like, whether I'm like, for example, if I'm just writing a list of words down 
or if I'm writing sentences down, you see all of that. Like I'm a big writer because when you write things out, you're able to get the thoughts out of your head onto paper and visualize what, what you said. And it helps you actually navigate your journey. So that was one of the exercises that I did. When it came um, to the mapping out my career part and taking ownership, it was like, what can I do to solidify the role that, I've, that I'm in now, making sure that I'm doing it to the best of my ability, um, making sure that my supervisor is pleased with the work, as well as my subordinates, because in oil and gas, you not only do you get a performance review from your supervisor, but we also do KOs, which are knowledgeable others, where your peers provide feedback and that feedback gets rolled into your performance assessment. So if no one knows what you're working on, are you really relevant? And how is that going to be built into your um, ranking? And they also did force ranking. So if you're in the OCA bucket, office office clerical and administration, you're ranked in... um, a, A, B, C, and D, and you definitely don't want to get a D because you're out the door. Uh, and then if you are in MPT, managerial, professional, and technical, those are like your engineers, your chemists, your data sciences, and geophysics, dot, 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 you get the picture. Then yep. you're ranked in thirds, which is top third, middle third, or bottom third. And then anything below that, they may put you in PIP, which is performance improvement plan to help you see if you could thrive within the company. If not, that's another inclination that you're, you better start packing or start looking. (laughs) Um, So I started doing um, reach activities, which are like step out activities or extracurricular activities that can coincide with my base job. So whether it was partnering with United Way, which is an organization that my company used to partner with junior achievement, um, going in the classrooms and telling them about, you know, my role within this particular oil and gas company or helping them navigate through lesson plans or et cetera. Those were some good things that I could put when I was doing my performance development summary and say, these are the extracurricular activities that I did in lieu of my um, full-time job. Then networking. I can't tell you how big networking is. Networking with those outside of your group so they know you, not just based on your department or what other people say, but they actually have hands-on experience, not hearsay experience. Because when you have hearsay experiences, a pair of lips could say anything, but is it real? Is it factual? Mm -hmm. And is it plausible? No. But whenever they know you beyond that email signature, beyond your name in the directory or whatnot, it really ties the dots. So those are some things that I did to help with my career. And actually, um, my second opportunity, which was my with this particular company, was me going in, going from an administrative assistant into a raw material coordinator position, which meant that I controlled all the raw materials that came into the chemical plant that went into making polypropylene, which is a form of plastics, PP. And that was my first assignment with this uh, my first assignment in a professional setting with the company after I got my degree in supply chain and logistics and technology. And I have double minors, one in purchasing and one in organizational leadership and supervision because I volunteered and the lady said, I left an impression on her that whenever she got ready to retire, she put my name in the hat. And that's amazing. And wow. Networking is 
we, we all, in marketing, you always talk about like networking and connecting and everything, but that that's a really great example of even within the whole company, um, how it benefited you from networking and, and, and you taking the initiative of reaching out and, and making sure that you're relevant. I love that. That kind of goes back to that, what you were saying earlier about courage, about telling your story, right? Like, yeah make yourself relevant. Like if we, if we want to make, if we want some change to happen, we, we need to voice what is, what, whatever that change is that we need, that needs to happen. Um, so what, when, at this point, when is it that you started that, that you got the idea of starting your book and like, how would you, how, you, how did that happen? <laughs> um, okay. So that happened whenever I was getting ready to transition from that raw material coordinator role to um, my last role before I got laid off, which was trade regulations and compliance coordination for polyethylene, which is a no another commodity in form of plastics. And it was under the global supply chain umbrella. So during that time, I was advocating for a salary increase because they did a big oopsie daisy where they put up on the screen where the classification level started for that particular group. And they started at 22 and higher. And I didn't see my classification level on the screen. And I was like, oh my gosh, my peers are starting off at this level and they're paying me as this. So I was a classification level 15 doing the work of a classification level 22. And by that point I had then acquired more perks with the job. I would I was traveling for the company, going down um, and visiting one of my global distributors that was in the Orlando, Florida area. They would send a limo to my house or a car service to pick me up and take me to the airport. I had went from having a P card, which is a permit card, to a company Amex card, which meant I had more spending. I could take clients out to dinner, lunch, or whatever, um, buy supplies I needed. And then the perks were just sweeter there. And I'm like, wait, you have me ranked as a OCA, which is Office Clerical and Administration, Yet I'm doing the work of a professional, which is DEAM, MPT, Managerial, Professional, and Technical, and then a CL15 doing the work of a 22. And it wasn't until I went on my first traveling assignment with one of the managers, and he was the type of manager that was a hypo, so a high potential, but he didn't have any direct reports. So he was a management level, but no one sat under him. And we um, had dinner. I remember when we flew in. Um, we went to dinner that night and I think it was like some New Orleans restaurant down in Orlando. And he's like, we started talking about careers and he was asking me about different levels and stuff. And then the classification level parking, he's like, no offense, but when I created this position, I didn't expect for them to put a CL 15 in the position. This position is for a CL 22 and higher, but obviously you're doing a very good job and you're competent. So then he started to advocate for me. And I guess that ruffle feathers with my supervisor because you know, what supervisor wants another supervisor telling them how to do his mm -hmm. or her job. Yeah. So then she really just started to be very ugly and nasty to me to the point where you know, it became unbearable and I did go to HR to raise some concerns. And if it got to the point where it was like we would see each other and we just wouldn't even acknowledge each other unless we were forced to be in a room together for a meeting. And 
I was like, oh no. And then I remember when we did the performance review, she told me that, okay, you met these metrics, these KPIs, key performance indicators, you're doing a really good job. I had a lot of positive feedback from my KOs, which were my internal KOs, but then the fact that I was working with external um, people, they got to weigh in on my performance. But then my ranking came back as a B and it wasn't an A and I needed that A so I could convert salary wise. And I was like, oh no. So then I went back to HR and I was like, I want to know if my supervisor has talked to you about salary treatment. And they said no. So that all the time when she said she was working on it, she wasn't. So I quickly pulled out my phone and that is when the birth of Chocolate Drop in Corporate America started. I literally pulled up my phone and I wrote down chocolate drop in corporate America. And I was just checked out from that performance review because I no longer felt like there was trust or transparency there with her. So at this point, you have all of your life, your systems, everything is being shaken up from all sides, from the personal, the, 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 the professional, and you know that something needs to change. You, you wrote in your, in your phone, the name of your book, you still had to write it, but you started with something. I don't, did you know that that was, that you were going to write a book? Like, did you know this is the, I'm doing a book now, or was it like, why did you write that? And and like, what came through your mind? <laughs> I had, first of all, I had no idea that I was going to write the book. It was just in that moment, I was like chocolate drop in corporate America. Cause I was like, I'm that chocolate person and I'm in corporate America. But it wasn't until I met another writer. Um, we met up at Starbucks cause we had met a while ago at a woman's event at this particular church. And I just kind of admire her schedule. She's like, yeah, I do this. I do that. And I'm like, oh, what type of profession does she have? And that's what she told me. She was an author. And then whenever I met up with her, I was sharing some of my other, um, personal stories that I had written. And she said, Oh my gosh, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was like, no. And it literally felt like um, that experience in the Bible when both of the women were carrying um, the babies and John leaped whenever Mary um, talked. And I was like, Oh, this is my Mary. Um <laughs> <laughs> example and so metaphorically speaking my baby leaped and my baby inside of me was my book that I needed to write a book to really encompass my story and then you know after two months my my baby was birthed and I know in the natural it takes nine months y'all for a baby to cook and bake <laughs> but in this situation my baby was my book and it was birth and I wrote the entire thing on my cell phone because I did not have a functional laptop and I didn't want to use my company issue laptop so <laughs> when I got ready to submit I, the publisher told me, hey, I cannot take it on this notes app. So you need to transfer it to work. So my husband went out and bought me a computer. And Aww. he's like, well, babe, what computer do you want? And I was like, oh, you know what? I want to try something different. I think I want a MacBook Air because like the PCs, like his computer had issues. And like, one time it got like the blue screen of death. And I was oh, like, no. <laughs> I was like, 
I don't have time for that because I have like a crunch. And she told me, okay, now we're going to get things going. I need the book submitted by this point. So I was like, oh my gosh, I got to transfer all this over. (laughs) You were very wise in going with Apple. This is not a paid sponsorship to Apple. It's just, and there's my dog. (laughs) The dog co-signs Apple, y'all. The dog agrees. (laughs) It's just better. But I'll say this for transparency. Even though I have a MacBook Air, I'm a team Android for my phone because I can do so much more with my Android than I can with when I had an iPhone. (laughs) Well, we have to agree to disagree on that fortune. (laughs) I'm team Apple all the way. (laughs) So at this point, you find yourself at a crossroads professionally and personally But what about, what could you say to somebody or maybe to yourself looking back or to somebody who finds themselves right now in a similar crossroad or a crossroads personally or professionally so that they can take the leap, take the leap of faith, step outside their comfort zone and really step into their fullest potential in, in for their own, for their own best self. So I would definitely encourage you to either pull out your notepad or pull out the note section on your phone and write down these questions. If I stay in this situation, how is it affecting me mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually? What gifts and talents do I have that I can accentuate and monetize? Because we all have something great that that we could do. And you could turn your passion into something rewarding as long as you really focus on your zone of genius. Because the same thing that you're doing for that company, you could begin to do that with yourself by partnering and collaborating with the right people. Then also, whenever you are in that spot, one thing I wish I would have did early on um, was hire a coach. Because if I would have hired a coach um, and a trained professional, I would have navigated some of those, you know, treacherous waters a lot sooner and, you know, got to the other side quicker. But, you know, in life, we we learn valuable lessons. So what lessons are you learning and how can you build upon those? And then the other tip that I want to leave you with is, you know, kind of Take time to step back and it's okay to pivot and reinvent yourself. Like I have a R cube method that I like to teach some of my um, coaching clients is refuel you and you have to refuel so you don't hit a period of burnout. Refocus, refocus on where you're going and recalibrate. And when you recalibrate, you regain alignment and you have that homeostasis balance. I love it. Refuel, refocus, and realign. I love it because you, 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 sometimes you need to like stop and you think you need to ask yourself the hard questions and really try to visualize how your life is if you continue in this same circumstance and, and then how, and picture how your life could be if you step outside that box of the, the known, the comfort, the, 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 the traditional that the, I've been doing this for a long time <laughs> box. Absolutely. And when you step outside of the comfort zone into the unfamiliar, you're able to sh- test your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats by doing a SWOT analysis on yourself. Because if you never step outside of the boat, 
how are you going to know if you could even swim or how, how are you going to know how deep the water is if you never build up that courage? Beautiful. I love that. Genesis. I think that's, that's a really great way to wrap up today's conversation. Um, it's very, it's, I think now, I mean, not, not nowadays, just anytime, but even in the past two years, since collectively we've been going through a lot of things, um, it's, it's good to know that it's okay to, like you said, to pivot, to change and step outside that comfort zone. Because like you said, if you step outside the boat, you never know if you can swim or not. Love yeah. it. Okay. Genesis, where can, how can people connect with you? You can connect with me on my website, which is my name, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P dot net. It'll have all the information there. So a tab for my book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, a tab for my radio show that I do once a month, which is um, Internet Radio with Ngozi Time, also WBNN. And then you'll also find out info for the Gems podcast and some of the features I've been on. And I do have three free gifts for the listeners. Mm-hmm. So the <laughs> who doesn't like free? The first one is a um the free chapter of my book so the first chapter is free so you'll get the intro and all of everything leading up to the first chapter and then the second um two gifts are one of my personal favorites health and wellness related so the first one is a free health assessment because you need to know where you are health wise because what good is it to acquire all this wealth but your health is not optimal so you can't really enjoy the fruits of your labor And then the second one is a health and wellness product. It's a sunrise super um, fruit pack that is a quick juice that you could do on the go. Kind of similar to for any of those who know Anisha Red with Young Living Essential Oils. And it'll definitely give you that boost of energy as well as those super nutrients that you need to just really give you overall health and wellness and produce energy versus a five-hour energy that will take you high as a rocket, but then crash you. So (laughs) if you feed your body with good nutrients, you'll really feel the results. Genesis, thank you so, so very much for joining me on today's episode. For those of you tuning in, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us for a while. If you are listening on the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to click that button and subscribe. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and again, click that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes or video that we share here on Focus and Bloom. Thank you so much again, Genesis. Thank you, everybody. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for tuning in on another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes so that we can continue creating more content like this. And go ahead and visit today's show notes at focusandbloomstudios.com slash show notes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the world and it helps others discover the show. And if you want to get your hands on more video podcasting resources, head on over to focusandbloomstudios.com and check out our tools and resources for video podcasters and content creators just like you. I'll see you on the next episode.